Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, 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 yes. Tim McKernan and Action Jackson with you. The program is called Balloon Party. 101 ESPN. What's the word? Nerd. (laughs) Zing me there. Yeah, uh, you just can't teach that stuff, can you? Well, you know, after a weekend, it's always good to get back into, especially with a weekend of, you know, kind of some news and a weekend that's usually dedicated to nothingness as we enter. What the is what is in your opinion the news? I mean, I wait for your Sports Center update to get to get updated. Right. Well, of course, the, allow myself to introduce myself. Right. The Trailblazers winning the summer league is obviously the main story. Oh, sweet mother of pearl. But the secondary story, I guess, is Juan Soto turning down the Nationals' offer. And then uh, kind of creating the, the idea that he will be traded at the deadline. So. Jackson, I, def- I, I, I describe my Twitter as dormant. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason for it is, at this point in my, you call it, Hall of Fame career. Yeah. Many people have called it, not thank just you. myself. Thank you. Uh, there is uh, zero upside to me tweeting. That is That is, and if something has zero upside for me, an infinite downside, I oft times will even participate in it. Sure. That is where I am. It's an unfortunate thing. I would describe that as prudent. Yeah, but when, when Twitter first came out, 2008, 2009, it used to be like, yeah, I'm at the east side. It's four in the morning. Anybody around? You know. It, it, so what Twitter has turned into since is a way to destroy your career. And complain to airlines. And complain to airlines. That's actually quite astute. Uh, so, I just, I don't even know what I was doing on Saturday. Oh, we, we were at uh, kind of just kind of like a casual little family gathering, um, and I was, I, was, I was watching the kids is what I was doing. I was mm-hmm. watching the kids. Yeah, so domesticated. Oh, my goodness, am I ever. Yeah, that's, that's where things have gone over the last <laughs> decade. It's four in the morning. I'm at the east side. A guy with the hamburgers in the parking lots, whipping them up. Anybody around? To... Oh, I'm watching the children. Yeah. Let me let me tend to a a Twitter tweet because uh this article caught my attention. The article being the following. The Nationals and the uh camp for Juan Soto have not been able to come to an agreement after he rejected their $440 million offer. It's a nice chunk of change, I'll be honest with you. Right. Granted, 15 years, but still. And so the Nationals are now going to talk with teams about trading him. Yep. Now, that's one thing. The thing that then got me going on the Twitter tweets and to come out of my self-imposed Twitter retirement 
was an article while I was sitting there tending to the young tykes from CBS Sports. And the CBS Sports author uh, ranked, and of course these things mean nothing. Nothing. Couldn't mean any less. Yeah. But it piqued my interest, and, you know, it's a Saturday afternoon, and I'm watching the Tykes, so I'm kind of just doing nothing. Uh, Juan Soto trade rumors ranking 29 MLB teams on their chances of landing the national slugger. And what caught my attention, then I guess what gained some traction on Twitter, uh, is that the CBS Sports staff ranked the Cardinals as the top team. Mm -hmm. Writing, this is almost certain to age poorly, but yes... We think the Cardinals have the clearest path of any team to acquiring Soto. They've won out on Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado in recent season and have taken seasons and have taken swings on Francisco Lindor, among others, demonstrating that they have the appetite and willingness to make a blockbuster addition. The Cardinals also have the ability to offer a package that includes some combination of Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, Dylan Carlson, and Tyler O'Neill, among others. Additionally, they'll have Goldschmidt's contract coming off the books after the 2024 season, or right when Soto's extension would crank up to cover his free agent years. It's possible Soto would prefer to play on a coast, but shy of that, Mike Rizzo, he is of the Nationals, should direct one of his first phone calls about Soto to the Cardinals. Wow. Wow and wow. Your first reactions, anything is good, anything is pure. Your first reactions, whatever your involuntary reaction, when you read that, when you think of that, what is it? What well, are they? Well, fire away. And the texters, fire away. 65780, yeah. Air Comfort Service, text line. Well, I think most Cardinal fans' involuntary reaction is like, well, this won't happen because most of the time, the Cardinals don't make a move like that at the deadline, especially for a guy who's going to be getting paid and paid handsomely as the Nationals Half offer. a billion dollars. Right, as the Nationals set the price on them. Uh, you know, that's not necessarily a Cardinal move. But then you think more about it, and you're like, they have a ton of really good top 100 prospects, a clear need for production, especially left-handed production, coming from the outfield. This is the year of Paul Goldschmidt being the favorite of the MVP with three legends ending their careers in St. Louis. Why not make the move? You know, and you know, you trade for him. It's not you don't have to pay him. I think the idea would be you would eventually pay him, but you don't necessarily have to. And then you start thinking like, well, would Juan Soto? But we don't know what Juan Soto wants or wants to do. So to speculate on that wouldn't be fair. But to be on a competitive team compared to the Nationals, who are in the basement of the NL East. Why not? You know, why why wouldn't they at least go out there and try? You know, make a make a good offer. Maybe you package a bunch of prospects and you kind of leverage your future in a sense. But let's play for now. I mean, let, let's do it now. You're, you're not going to get many more years of Goldschmidt being this productive. Arenado also over 30, and then you got a couple of guys who are, you know, absolute legends being done after the season. Let's go do it now with the NL Central in the position it's in. Go win the division and go out there and try to win it all. Jackson, I share a lot of those sentiments with you, I have to say. Um, and I'll get into my thoughts in a moment. One of the things, and I haven't even looked at the Air Comfort Service text line, um, but I agree with you with what the response was when I tweeted that out. It wasn't my opinion. Uh-huh. Uh, it was it was CBS Sports. And the reactions are, and I think this is maybe a, I don't know if it's, I would say it's a commentary on 
Cardinal fans at this particular moment in history. But the reaction is, well, number one, the Cardinals will not do this. Mm -hmm. And number two, why would the Cardinals trade cost-controlled players and commit this much money to Juan Soto? Uh, That wouldn't make much sense. So a couple of things on that. I agree with the former. Uh, this isn't something that the Cardinals have done. I, anytime we talk about the trade deadline, I go back to 2009 as being the example of the last time the Cardinals were aggressive buyers, and they were aggressive buyers with Mark DeRosa, but the big, bigger one being Matt Holiday, of course, and uh, his name back in the news with his son being drafted first overall last night. Tip of the cap to the Holiday family, Absolutely. Jackson Holiday, going yep. number one overall to the Orioles. Uh, and then also John Smoltz, although that wasn't a big acquisition as a huge name, but it wasn't a big acquisition at the time. But, you know, big name. Um, so with that said, this is the year to do it. You've heard me say that now for a, a couple of months. Yeah. The Soto thing and the way that fans react with regards to prospects, here is what I would say to that. And I understand it, by the way. I don't dismiss it and want to start screaming at people and just creating straw men to argue. That's I mean, not my, my, my gig. I understand the premise. Here is where I differ from a normal, major cost of prospects conversation. That is, A, this guy is 23. B, he could be a cornerstone of the franchise for the next decade. And C, what we have been talking about for the last few weeks, and that is this team is barring a major injury. I, like right now, with what they have right now, if you said you can get even money on if the Cardinals are playing a playoff game, I'm betting whatever I can on that. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not because I think they are a great team up there with the Dodgers, the Braves, the Mets. It's because of their schedule. Uh, and, and like I said, it's not just NL Central. They do get to see Juan Soto here in a, in a week or two uh, as they get some attitude. You know, it's not just teams in the Central who are garbage. But they do get a lot of those garbage teams in the second half. So they have a huge advantage on these teams that have to deal with the AL, uh, the NL West and the NL East. So with that said, and that would be the Giants and the Phillies who they're competing with for the wild card right now as it stands. So with that said, what are you going to do? Are you going to send a message to your fan base when every box is checked that this is the time to be a buyer at the deadline? You're in the playoffs. You're half game back with what you've had injury-wise uh, and lack of production relative expectation in the outfield uh, and an MVP candidate in Goldschmidt and, of course, the Pujols-Wainwright-Molina situation, that this is the year to do it. If you don't do it, the message that they send is, and I'm not talking about Soto, by the way. The Soto is another world. But this is the time to do it. But here's the thing. With regards to Soto, you immediately go from being a team that is going to just be in the playoffs, and yes, you could have another 2006 or 2011 situation where they get on a heater and they win. That absolutely can happen. We've seen it cut the other way also. 2009, when they were a great team, but they lost in the first round and got swept. Uh, 2015, when they were a 100-win team and they lost in four games to the Cubs. 2004, an incredible team that got swept in the World Series. You don't know what's going to happen. But you immediately go from a team that's going to get in just because that's kind of what you do and you're in the central to a team that has a shot to win the world series. Now I know one thing that people immediately say, and this is the final point that has been a descending point, descending point. Well, it doesn't fix the pitching. 
And I agree with you 100%. I also would tell you this. If they're going to go out and do something as aggressive as this, which, for the record, I would put at uh, 5%. And that might be even aggressive. But just for the sake of it, I'll say 5%, because uh, we enjoy arbitrary percentages here, Love that it. they would also go out and get a starter. Because if you're going to do that, you're going to also, and by that I mean Soto, you're absolutely not going to just go, okay, well then we're going to hope Miles Michaelis and Adam Wainwright can start every game in right. October. That's the, They're going to do something about mm-hmm. it uh, with that starting pitching. So that would send a message to this fan base. Because as I've said so many times on this show, and I was just saying to my guys on TMA in a commercial break, or I think I might have said it on the air. Hell, I don't know. I'm always talking. Blues trade deadline comes up there's an expectation that they're going to do something to improve the team and win the cup, at least give themselves a chance. Cardinals trade deadline is two weeks from tomorrow, and right now I think people are already bracing themselves for, oh, God, who is this guy? Okay, what has he done with Cleveland? <laughs> you know, oh, really, is this guy? Okay, so he's 38. Okay, well, he was he was great, you know, in 2011. You know, that that kind of thing. Yeah. And that is the mindset of the fan base right now. Now, that is not why you go out and make a move, to be crystal clear. But it is something that they have earned over the last five, six years by not doing much. Whether buying or selling, by the way, I'm pro-selling in some situations. Not this year, but in some situations. But Juan Soto is who you hope Jordan Walker can become. Yeah. Except he already is. Yeah. And he's only 23. So from my standpoint, I don't think that this is something you just dismiss out of hand. Do I think it's going to happen? If I had to bet, of course not. I'm giving it 5%. If you give me 20 to 1, I'd consider it because now the math makes sense to me. But I don't think it's something you just dismiss out of hand. I also think it speaks to the Cardinal fan base mentality that the fans actually start worrying about the DeWitt's financials and the Cardinals prospects. Because if we were talking about this, and let's say we were in, of course, a New York or Los Angeles but even a lesser market as far as monster size, like Houston, sure. which is still a big market, but it's not New York or L.A., I assure you they wouldn't be like, oh, I hope it's going to be okay for Jim Crane's wallet. Or, you know, well, what about the prospects? Because when it's all said and done, why do you have prospects? To win games yeah. and to win championships. And so from that standpoint, another thing that I think that is important to build a wit, and I could be off the mark on that, is legacy. When he took over this franchise— in the mid-1990s, he had the final couple of years of Ozzie Smith, and obviously it was an awkward exit. And then he had Mark McGuire. And then from Mark McGuire, you had Jim Edmonds, Scott Rowland, and Albert Pujols. And then, overlapping, you had Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. And then you had Chris Carpenter and you had Matt Holliday. And still, Wainwright, Pujols, and Molina are with the organization. You've had this continuity of legacy with this franchise. I always compare it to the Pittsburgh Steelers, the stability and the continuity. I think they I think they look at each other for the way they run their business models. Not a lot of championships over the last couple of decades, relatively speaking, to take your pick of other dynasties. Like if you want to go Patriots in the NFL, or if you want to go Red Sox or Giants or Dodgers as far as National League championships uh, here recent times. But they're always in the mix. The Steelers are always in the mix. The Cardinals are always in the mix. Mike Tomlin is still the coach, and before him it was Bill Cowher. And, my God, I think he – then it's just like there's one <laughs> other guy before him. Yeah, Here, it's crazy. It was Whitey Herzog, Joe Torre, Tony La Russa, 
Mike Matheny, Mike Schilt, and now Ali Marmol. You haven't had a whole lot of managerial changes up until recently with the Cardinals. You only had three managers between the late, uh, the early 80s and when La Russa left. I mean, it's nuts. That is so unheard of for franchises. They go through a coach every week in Knoxville, Tennessee. So here you have that continuity. But now you're going to have the bookends of the careers of these guys come to an end. Who is the face of the franchise? You might go Paul Goldschmidt. I'd tell you he's going to be 35 in September. You might say Nolan Arenado, and I'd tell you he's going to be 31 next year. So the, the, the time is now. The time is now for so many reasons. I'm not saying they do it, but I'm saying it's not something that you dismiss out of hand. Your thoughts, 65780. You are listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you for an hour. A lot of discussion in the first segment uh, on the CBS Sports. And listen, to call it a report would be, uh, you know, it's a ranking. Right. I could tweet out a ranking right now. It, it, you know, it doesn't mean anything. It's speculative. Yeah. But nonetheless, it was eye-opening, sure. uh, and it got people talking. And so we're talking about the CBS Sports ranking of the Cardinals being the team that would make the most sense for making a trade with the Nationals for Juan Soto. I didn't look at the Air Comfort Service text line the entire segment. Uh, Jackson's therapist tells him to never look at it, actually. But I didn't look at it just because I was uh, giving a monologue of sorts. I'm I'm telling you, and I don't know if you were looking at it during the commercial break, Jackson, but uh-huh. there is a there is a strong sentiment for the Cardinals making the move to acquire Juan Soto. And you might go, well, no crap, man. I mean, he's one of the best players in the game. Why wouldn't they? And the why wouldn't they were some of the reasons that I cited in the first segment, which is cost too much, cost too much financially, cost too much prospect-wise, um, or the need is pitching, why would you do that? Or the Cardinals would never do it. Take your pick. But I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised by this. Um, then don't get me wrong, it's not unanimous, but, but I would say more than not are saying uh, this is the time. Uh, Tim, it's been 11 years. You have three legacy players on their final tours. You have two future Hall of Famers putting up great numbers. If not now, when? Make the move, win the division. If the Cardinals win it all this year, fans will be talking about the most nostalgic season ever for years and years to come. That's from the 636. Yeah. I don't think that's incorrect. Uh, something that we talked a little bit about on uh, on TMA, which is on uh, 105.7 HD2 from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. and uh, TMASTL.com, and you can watch us and, and see really honestly how hot we are. Uh, I, I hope that doesn't come off weird, but, yeah, it's exciting to came see Came off how honest. I came off honest. Again, yeah. honesty in media. Yeah. Uh, is, is this, just because you trade for him doesn't mean you have to sign him. Yeah. Which might sound somewhat counterintuitive, but you don't have to. No. And then also, as that article in CBS Sports said, and as weird as it might sound, because he is right now the National League's MVP, and at the very least, if, he, if somebody would dispute that, he's top three for MVP, Paul Goldschmidt's up after 2024. Mm-hmm. And he's also 37. Right. So that's something to to keep in mind. Yadier Molina... Uh, catcher and uh, Puerto Rican uh, basketball uh, aficionado. Uh, he he will be off the books next year. Yep. Uh, and also, uh, you have inevitably at some point Adam Wainwright. 
<laughs> I don't know when sure. is off the books. Pools isn't costing him a bunch of money this year. Uh, so as crazy as it might sound, I don't think it's I just don't think it needs to be dismissed out of hand. Mm. And I, I suppose this, and this is kind of where I go, I don't know why I always resort back to Missouri football analogies because I'm talking to like 10% of the listenership when I do. But maybe I can make it more of a business analogy. To me anyway, I am programmed to take a shot. It's how I am. Uh, and, and, and sometimes when you take a shot, you lose. That's, that's also part of the deal. But when you know you're going to take shots, you also understand you're not going to always win. But you also know the only way to score a goal is to put the puck on net. And my problem with the Cardinals over the last six trade deadlines, they haven't put the puck on net. They haven't decided, okay, it's not happening this year, so we're going to sell. And they haven't decided, okay, it is happening this year, so we're going to go balls to the wall. That's been my issue. That's why I like what the Blues do, because they put the puck on net. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm talking metaphorically speaking, because um, oftentimes people will complain that the Blues aren't putting enough pucks on net. So I'm talking trade deadline-wise. So I, I, I was telling the story on TMA. I said, man, I was listening to the fast lane on the day of the trade deadline, and I think Stalter and uh, BT weren't in at the time or something like that. So Jamie Rivers was in here, and I don't know if he was talking to Marshy Marsh and the playful posse or whatever was going <laughs> on. But... He starts, they had just acquired Letty. And Blues fans were, some, not all, were raging that they only got Nick Letty. Now, I think with the benefit of hindsight, and I realize it's hindsight, people are pretty happy that they got Nick Letty. And obviously the Blues think highly enough of him that they just signed him to a four-year extension. And Jamie Rivers, a guy who played the game, is like having to calm people down because they're freaking out that they only got Nick Letty. Point being, either way, you knew the Blues were going to make a move, and they did. I don't know what the Cardinals are going to do. I'm so confused by the lack of activity heading into this season that maybe the only way that it can come full circle and I go, okay, now I get it, is if they do something huge at the trade deadline. But even saying that, I feel like Charlie Brown and Lucy in the football mm-hmm. because you get your hopes up for a trade deadline deal and then it, then it's like a, a guy who's in a tree stand in two months and he's retired. I just, I don't know. I don't know. But if not this year, when? That, is, that has been a theme in this, uh, in, this, in this text inbox. If not now, when? Now is the time. You're a half game back playing average baseball this year, uh, losing to teams. I think they're 23-31 and 31 against teams with records uh, above 500. And that is, as you might imagine, the worst of any team that's in a playoff spot right now. Um, and it's really not all that close. I guess who would be close is the Brewers who are also well below against right. teams with winning records. So if not now, when? So that is why, from my standpoint, it has nothing to do with the games on the field, has nothing to do with the All-Star game, the home run derby, anything like that. The next 15 days, to me, is one of the most defining stretches of baseball for this organization that I can recall in a long time. Because it is, no matter what, whether they do something, or they do something small, or they don't do something, or they do something big, it is going to send a message to the fan base. And I am going to tell you exactly what I think, because I just don't care what anybody thinks, what I think, that that this is what I think. And from my standpoint, there is zero excuse this year to sit on your hands. There is zero excuse this year to just kind of get a little patchwork middle reliever from Cleveland. This is the time. And if not now, when? If not now, 
when. 65780, your thoughts are welcome. 65780 is how you can communicate with this program. Getting a million texts. Uh, I'll say what I said six months ago. A stud shortstop completes this team. That's from Cottleville Chris. Uh, that is so true about Cardinal ownership. Mo is Lucy, and us fans are Charlie Brown. That is from the 314. Uh, yeah, and when Soto leaves in a year, the Cardinals will be hot garbage for a long time. That's from the 618. Yeah, I'll just respectfully disagree with that. I don't think that's the case. Uh, just so most of the audience can understand, Cardinals deadlines equals playing keep away on a power play up one goal in the third. That is from the 618. Uh, Tim definitely takes a shot. He took one with Jackson. That one didn't work out, but it's bound to happen if you take enough risks. Jackson, that's an unfortunate, unfortunate comment. However, if we were giving tickets away, it would probably win tickets. Well, you just got to give me a little time. I mean, you can't just you know, judge me in the first six months. Right. The You're sunrise. a guy who needs a year. We're in the sunrise of my career. What the, what am the... I in the sunset of my career? What am I? What time? What, what is the clock on my career? 2.30 p.m. Is that right? Yeah. What, what is, is, is the day? Summer. Oh, is, the, is, the, is the day over at noon? No. Or is no. the day over at uh, the sunset? Is the day over at midnight? When is the... Alaskan time. The sun will go down right about 10.45. Like at St. Andrews. Come right back. It doesn't go down until 10 o'clock. 1 a.m. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, let's see. The past 10 years have all would all be wiped away and forgiven if this Sosa tra- uh, Soto trade were to take place. That is from the 314. Now, I have to tell you, I just, you know, I, I get the point. I just feel obligated to, from my standpoint, correct. You can't say the last 10 years have been... You know, like they need to be wiped away. Right. I mean, if we're going to, to the the number, they were a win away from the World Series in twelve. They went to the World Series in thirteen. They went to the NLCS in fourteen. Won a hundred games in fifteen, and went to the NLCS in nineteen. And then whatever you want to call twenty, and I also kind of do whatever <laughs> you want to call twenty one as well. But whatever, either way. A lot of organizations in baseball would be quite happy with the last 10 years. Exuberant. So I think we need to properly, from my standpoint anyway, properly contextualize it. And listen, man, when it comes to trades, the Cardinals have two of the best trades in the game over the last five years with acquiring Goldschmidt for who they acquired him for and acquired uh, Arnato for what they acquired him for and whatever kind of... I don't know, like if the cartel had something on Rocky's ownership that they <laughs> that they also sent some bricks of cash to the Cardinals for that. I still don't know what that was about. Yeah, there'll be a thirty for thirty on that trade someday. Fascinating. But either way, uh, the the issue has been the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. That's been the issue. That's been the issue. Now, something that has transpired here uh, that actually I think is it, it could truly wind up being a thirty for thirty, like a real thirty for thirty is what is going on with a former Cardinal. And this former Cardinal got emotional uh, when interviewed about what has transpired here over the weekend. We will have that for you on the other side of the break. You are listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We are right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I didn't just I didn't just get updated on the the NBA Summer League, did I? Well, just a little. Just a little taste for you. Well, they won. That was a championship for the Blazers. I think the last NBA championship they won was 77. Dr. I, Jack Ramsey. I could have sworn I saw Steph Curry win the NBA. 
Yeah, but fine. that's a, that's kind of a secondary league. The summer league is actually where the real stars play. Uh, Trendon Watford from LSU. Uh, welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN at 1030 every day. You're going to get updated on the NBA and then the rest of the program. We're going to talk it over with you. Uh, in today's topic, uh, a lot of Juan Soto discussion, and I am thrilled. The great Mike Ryder, executive producer of 101 ESPN, came in here, and he had enough. He launched a coup d'etat on Jackson uh, that he said, hey, look at all these mic drops. Let's play a mic drop, especially since you're getting all this feedback on the Juan Soto conversation. Uh, Jackson, so you now have been forced to play a mic drop. The people's voices will no longer be stifled on this radio show. What do we have? This is Janet uh, with a take, really, and okay. I'm just going to play it. All right. Tell me, why would you buy a brand new stove when your refrigerator just went out and you need a refrigerator? Sorry? Let me play one more time. Tell me, why would you buy a brand new stove when your refrigerator just went out and you need a refrigerator? Well, we got one of two things going on there. We got a setup for a live read for an appliance company. Or... She's making an analogy to going to get an offensive player when you need pitching. I don't know. Yeah. This because I am not a seasoned veteran of mic drops. I don't know if people speak in parables via the mic drop. I don't know. The mic drop, the whole thing is an allegory. <laughs> so from my standpoint, Janet, don't be a stranger. Yeah, for And real. as Mike told me, she is a loyal listener of 101 ESPN, and it is wonderful to have her as a part of the program. Uh, I deep-teased this as well. Uh, Matt Carpenter, heater. But but heater now at a point where you're going, what in the, what in the world is going on? Yeah. Uh, and I read, Barry Bonds, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Ted Williams, I just listed four of the all-time greats in baseball history, and none of them have anything on what Matt Carpenter is doing. In 31 games played with the Yankees, Carpenter has hit 13 home runs, driven in 34, and posted a 1.397 OPS. The Red Sox and Yankees were the Saturday night game, uh, the national game on Saturday night. And so around the country, they got to see uh, Aaron Judge hit two home runs, which is kind of on brand. But what's going on with Matt Carpenter and the New York Yankees? He has become the guy. There are T-shirts, Matty Mustache T-shirts being sold around New York. Uh, he is being called the hero of Gotham. <laughs> and he talked it over with Ken Rosenthal following the Yankees' blowout victory Saturday night. You had three tough years with the Cardinals. You spent the entire offseason trying to get it right, revive your career. And tonight you took a curtain call at Yankee Stadium. How gratifying was that moment? I mean, it's pretty special. You know, I mean, you, you, when you get put on this, you never know when the last time you're going to put this uniform on is. And, uh, on what day that is, and I felt like I might have had that a couple times this year. And uh, to be here and to be playing for this team with, in this city, for this franchise, um, I don't take it for granted. And I come to the ballpark every day overwhelmed with joy and gratitude, and, um, man, it's just been a lot of fun. Matt, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. 
you can't you can't see it of course because this is a, an audio medium but uh, he got a little choked up as he answered that question yeah so here is first off number one this could turn into a movie um or a 30 for 30 if he really does become like one of these new york heroes um and I, and I don't know how those of you in the audience feel on this. I, I My sense is that the anger directed toward Matt Carpenter last year and the year before was not necessarily about Matt Carpenter. It was about the Cardinals for giving him the extension and then playing him as much as he was playing. That's what I think it was about. Now, I'm sure there was some, but 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 overall, I don't think it was directed toward him individually. And so I don't, and, and, and also now that he's doing this, I don't go, Cardinals, how'd you mess this one up? Right. I mean, my goodness, you can't, com- you can't complain about how much playing time he was getting and then go, why didn't they give him more playing time? <laughs> yeah, it's, they can't just double <laughs> Why didn't yourself. they bring him back and sign him to an extension? Yeah. So they did everything they could. He didn't deliver. The shift, I think, played a monster role in it. Now, yeah. that's the hottest of observations. And... The thing that I look at this, and I and I know we talked a little bit about about a month, a month and a half ago here. Thirty-six years old, made about a hundred million dollars, has a young family. Could have shut it down last year, and I don't think anybody would have blamed him. Mm-mm. But instead, he goes on this quest. Ken Rosenthal wrote about it on the Athletic, to try to find his swing because he is convinced. Even though no one around him is, he is convinced that he can still play the game. And I'm sure if his ages 34, 35, and 36 seasons would have had more of a standard offensive output, he wouldn't have been as apt to drive around the country to try to find his swing. And Matt Holliday played a large role in this, but a number of people did. And he did that. And then the best he could do was get a minor league deal with the Texas Rangers, the Texas Rangers on the same game plan as the Cubs, Pirates, and Reds this year, and that is they, they're not interested in competing. Uh, they will take your money on a weekend and Saturday and, and disguise themselves as Abilene Christian or Louisiana Tech. But, but as far as winning, that's not really what they're interested in doing. They build warehouses in, in Arlington, and mm-hmm. they play baseball. In them. And so that's an organization he goes to, and he doesn't even make the major league team. And so now he's 36, and he's playing minor league baseball. And yes, I think almost all of us would be more than happy to take what he has in his portfolio with regards to his wealth. But he's also done it all, and he's also been terrible, and yet he's still out there chasing it. I don't know how you can't respect that. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Movie is is perfect for this. I mean, so then he and the Rangers part ways, Jackson. Yep. And it looks like it's possibly over and then even then i'm like man good for you for doing it yeah because i can separate my frustration with the cardinals giving him an ex- extension and how much time he played and how poorly he played from him as an individual uh that's a it's just a bad business decision on the part of the cardinals that's what that was that doesn't mean if, if you were offered a two-year extension it's some ridiculous amount of money and you're like oh my god i can't believe this you know you're gonna get mad at right uh, you get, you know, so so then he goes to the Yankees, and he has this career renaissance to the point that now he is a folk hero with the most storied baseball team in the history of the game, and they are also by far 
the best team in the game record-wise. I mean, what we are seeing here in July and what we've seen in June, we might see in October. Yeah. If the Cardinals go out and get Juan Soto, maybe we'll actually see it here in October. It is phenomenal what he has done, and I absolutely love it. I love it. I, and also, I don't think that me loving it is like this Colin Coward contrarian take. I think most Cardinal fans love it. I think people are shocked by it. Probably Matt Carpenter might be, in a sense, shocked by it. Yeah. But but I don't think people are angry at Matt Carpenter and then going, well, now he's having success somewhere else. Like Stan Kroenke is now having success somewhere else. Different set of circumstances. Uh, take your pick of former blues coaches who would leave here and then hoist the chalice. Different set of circumstances. This is a case of people going, man, this guy didn't need to do it, but he felt like he had something to prove to himself. Didn't need it for the money. And he went and took a minor league gig with a team that wasn't going to be competitive. And he battled through it during the offseason. And now look at what is happening. To me, this is something that goes beyond baseball. This is something that can speak to take your pick of whether you're an athlete or whether you're somebody in business and go, you know what? Everybody's telling me I'm done. I don't think I am. I think I still got something. I might have to reinvent myself and I might have to work my ass off in order to get it, work harder than I did when I was in my 20s or 30s. But you know what? I still think I got something to prove. So F it. Yeah. I'm going to go and do it. Yeah. You don't believe in me? I believe in me. So here we go. And look what he did. I think it is an incredible story and one of the best stories in sports in 2022, and it's Matt Carpenter. And who thought this time last year we'd be saying that? Yeah, seriously. It's been really incredible. I mean, you know, you thought when he first came on the scene with the Yankees hitting bombs, you're like, all right, really small sample size. Let's see if it – but now, I mean, geez, 75 ABs is nothing to sneeze at, and the numbers he's putting up is crazy. And 75 ABs – Holding a 2.2 WAR, that's really, I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. What he's doing right now is is simply incredible. Yeah, it's not just even that he got back and hit a few home runs, like you said, man. Right. You're right. That's something. But the fact is, he is doing this, and he is a he's a folk hero in New York City. Yeah. A decade ago, we had Lynn Sanity. I will actually talk NBA with Jackson here, even though you were like 15 when it was happening. Yeah, right about then. But he is. He has become this out-of-nowhere folk hero in New York, like yeah. Jeremy Lin was with the Knicks. This no has doubt. come out of absolutely nowhere, except the New York Yankees have a nearly 700 winning percentage. They have a .696 winning percentage, 64-28. Yeah. and 28. And the Tampa Bay Rays would be in first place in the National League Central by a couple of games. They are 13 games back of the Yankees. Yeah. So it gives you an idea of just how dominating that operation is. You know they're not sitting on their hands at the deadline. Yeah, for uh, sure. It's just a matter of who and what they get. I think Carpenter actually did an interview after Luis Castillo shut him down and said, oh, hopefully he's wearing pinstripes in a couple of weeks. They don't even care. It's like, yeah, here yeah, we are. It's what we him. do. It's like Nick Saban rolls in. It's what we do. We're going to get Luis Castillo. Yeah. So they're only going to get better. You saw Garrett Cole carve people up this week. Well, they're going to have Luis Castillo. He's going to be going somewhere, most likely in New York. It's just a matter of whether it's Queens or the Bronx. Uh, Tim, he's hitting a home run every 7.4 plate appearances. That brings you back to McGuire in 98. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, let's see. Uh, happy for Matt. Hate the Yankees. Love Matt. That's from the 314. If you don't love Marp, get out of St. Louis. Matt is an amazing person who's never given up throughout his career. That's from the 618. Uh, man, I can go on and on, but I see it's 1049, and I guess i got to break. So I'm going to break. I'm just going to do it. 
Let's do it. All right, I'm breaking. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I mean, what do we got, Jackson? Four minutes? I thought I managed the clock well today, too. It wasn't bad. What would give you it, grade it? Give me a grade. C+. Plus. Mm. It gets you I, a degree. I would have thought, yeah, well, that was unnecessary. <laughs> so passive-aggressive. Fine, I'm going to read a critical text to yours. Jackson has terrible updates. However, his delivery has actually improved. He used to sound like a hostage reading a ransom note. I consider that a compliment. So, Guys, no one cares about Jeremy Lin. The folk hero of New York City is Ryan Reeves. Thanks, it's <laughs> Hugh from Marlboro. <laughs> I've become a Hugh from Marlboro Lemming. I don't think see how you couldn't be. Let me make that clear. Hugh, and it's spelled H E W too. Never old. All right, I, I I've got three four minutes. I've, I've been cardinal heavy here, and a good discussion too. I've enjoyed the conversation. Uh, I'll give you. I think I can talk about the open. Sure, we for three minutes. I think we'll be okay. Did Rory McIlroy lose it? Did Cameron Smith win it? Go. Rory was so red hot with his approach shots and with the wind, what it was, it was just drive it as far as you can. Don't care if it ends up in the rough. We're just going to fire a wedge close. He just couldn't. They yeah, put up bunkers. Yeah. They put up the stat where Cameron Smith on Sunday had hit like 90 feet of putts and Rory had hit like 30 feet of putts. And that's the difference. It's if you a got great the, equalizer. It's what yeah. I tell people when they're like, well, how do I get, how do I lower my score? I go, grab a wedge and grab a putter. And for my money, the family golf, which is a sponsor here, but I do use it. I was there yesterday with my son. Uh, That short game area they have created is because usually you don't have access to something like that. And that is absolutely incredible. And that's where you make up your strokes. Yeah, it is. It is that you might not be able to hit it as far as people. But if you can putt or if you can chip, that's where you make up strokes. I know it's not as fun as just grabbing a driver and hitting 50, you know, drives that, you know, but you're, you're going to use driver how many times? 12 to 14 times max and around? Max, yep. So that's where it comes down to. I'll tell you this. Here's, here's the dynamic. You have a guy who has been speaking up for the PGA Tour in a major way ever since the Live Golf thing started over the last few months, playing what he called the holy grail of the Open at St. Andrews for its 150th Open, losing to a guy with a four-stroke lead over this guy uh, who – Based on his answer yesterday when asked about going to the Live Tour, sounds like he is going to go play Live Golf in Cam Smith, which is a major story Yeah, uh, for those of you monitoring that story, that Cam Smith at his age and his talent would go there. It's another thing when it's the older guys and the back ends of their career, if you're like Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson and don't really care to play that much. But uh, if Cam Smith, Hideki Matsuyama, they go, if Henrik Stenson goes, you know what, I'm not interested in captaining the Ryder Cup, I'm going to go to Live Golf, this thing is gaining more and more steam. I still don't know what their business model is, but as far as getting the players, they're getting the players. And that is something to keep an eye on here over the next few weeks, because Cam Smith issued a non-denial denial yesterday when he's asked about it. What did you think of the reporter? Do we have that, by the way, or is that going to uh, put you on the spot? Oh, it's putting you on the spot, don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, do you have a problem with the reporter asking it? No, you got. I mean, you're there. And then Cam Smith scolded him. If if that's the question you're going to ask, and then, then Cam Smith, I'm just paraphrasing it. He said, he's, "Well, he still didn't answer the question. The question, so good for him, man. So yeah. many people in that spot, especially after a guy just wins a major, would go, okay, thanks, Cam, <laughs> and good luck in the FedEx Cup." He said, "Yeah, well, he still didn't answer the question." Right, right. It's a simple. And then Cam Smith's question. answer was, "My people handle that. My goal is to win golf tournaments." 
And I'm like, oh, just like when Brooks Kepka scolded people for saying you're putting right. a dark cloud on the U.S. Open, and then five days later he was playing live golf. And if they want to do it, they're more than welcome to it. God bless them. But for Cam Smith to do it, that one surprises me. That would be a big get for live golf. All right, a lot of uh, conversation here on Juan Soto, today's balloon party. For those of you just joining us, you want to podcast it, go back to the Dobbs Tire and Auto Center podcast and download uh, the 101 ESPN app, podcast all of the shows here on 101 ESPN. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.